with life worth living. You know, we're, today we're going to be looking at the second reason of why Jesus was born, and that was to give you power, to give you abundant strength. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I feel weak, and I feel helpless, and I feel hopeless, and I'm faced with an impossibility that I can't fix myself. And it's in those situations when God's power shows up in, in greatest contrast. And so today, listen in and find out how you can begin to access God's power and His strength in your impossible situations. What word is God giving you for the next year so that it keeps you? You're going through peaks and valleys, up and down and all around. You got your word for the year, and it keeps you keeps you zoned in, you know, focused on where you need to be. Well, my word for this last year was power. I knew it was going to be a challenging year, an interesting year for, for me and my family. And the Lord gave me this word, power. And that word sustained me throughout all of 2022. We had a lot of ups and downs. I had some personal ups and downs that were pretty exaggerated, you know, roller coaster straight down and then God pulling you straight back up again. And the word, my word was power. And the, the, in fact, this is funny, not next Sunday, not Christmas morning, but New Year's morning, which falls on a Sunday as well, by the way. And I hope everybody will come New Year's morning. It means that you didn't do anything you shouldn't have on New Year's Eve, right? <laughs> and I'm chuckling, but I'm being serious. I pray that none of you should do anything that you shouldn't do on New Year's Eve. But we're going to be talking about 22 lessons that I learned in 2022. 22 lessons. Now you say, how are you going to go through 22 things? Well, I got about a minute and a half for each item. But one of the things that I'll probably mention to you on that in that service is God gave me this, this, this statement at the beginning of the year. God's power is going to unlock your provision. As if God was speaking to me personally, God's power is going to unlock your provision, Steve Norman. That's what he was telling me, all right? And so that phrase just carried me through. When I was like, God, where's it going to come from? He kept telling me, my power is going to unlock your provision. And the the picture that I got was, picture this with me, if you will, is a safe, like, you know, one of these safes that you have to do a combination on, buried down in water to where you'd have to kind of scuba dive down there. And his power was going to unlock my provision and open it up and get me. It was, it was hidden. It was a place that I couldn't access without God's power. And I believe that that's for many of you today. Not just necessarily financial provision, but emotional provision. Um, not being lonely, having a friend, that kind of provision. All right? There's all kinds of provisions that we need. And I'm here to tell you today that God's power unlocks your provision. His power unlocks your provision. And this, this came to me. I have so many things that came to me. I wrote many of them down in my journal this year. And again, in two weeks, I'll be sharing many of them with you. But one of them was this. Be God-sufficient and no longer self-sufficient. Stop being self-sufficient and be God-sufficient. Well, that's all about God's power. And so these, I'm just going to share a couple of random verses, and then we'll go back through Luke 1 and 2 again. But Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. Call unto me. And it was like God was talking to me throughout the year. 
Call out to me, cry out to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you. In other words, I will show you. I will open up for you great and hidden things that you don't know, Steve. (laughs) And he's telling you the same thing. When you're at an impasse, you're in a cliff, and you're looking up, and you're saying, how am I going to get past this obstacle? God says, call out to me. Call out to my power, and I'm going to show you great and hidden things, things that are hidden, literally, that you can't see right now. I'm going to open, and I'm going to unlock those things for you. Isn't that awesome? God's power. Jesus was born to show us this power, to give us this power. This verse came to me as well throughout the year, Matthew 7, 7. It says, Jesus was saying this to his disciples. He says, knock and the door will be open to you. And I gave this to you a couple of months ago. If you weren't here, you may not have heard this. But um, whenever I come up to my door and I've forgotten my house keys, here's the code. I ring the doorbell and keep ringing it obnoxiously until somebody opens it. I don't even let it space out. And you know what? I know if if my family's in there, I know somebody's going to open the door. For sure, positively, is going to open the door. Why? Because they know it's me ringing the doorbell. And they say this. This is what we all say. It's ridiculous. We say, is that you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's me. You know, it could be anybody, but that's what we always say. Is that you? Yeah, it's me. And the door always opens. Guess what? God is on the other side of your impossibility. You knock with confidence and the power of God on the other side of that impossibility. He is going to open the door for you. You might have a sickness. You might have a brain struggle that you're battling. You're fighting mentally, battling these attitudes or thoughts or lies and threats in your mind. You need to be knocking on the door. God's going to open that door for you. He's going to open that door for you. His power is going to unlock the door. Matthew 22, 22, 29, Jesus replied. He was talking to the Pharisees, the religious folks of that day. He said, you are in error because you do not know two things. You don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. You know what gets churches and religion in trouble is they don't acknowledge the power of God. The active power of God for you in your life. Instead, it becomes just do's and don'ts. And you show up to church and you give yourself a pat on the back and say, I did my duty. No, you didn't. You need the power of God on a daily basis. When you wake up in the morning, when you're in the middle of the day, when you're going to bed at night, and when you can't sleep at night, you need the power of God in your life. And we're going to talk about how to access the power of God for living today. All right, so Jesus, if you are, look at this, if you are in Jesus, all right, and I I like to see things visually and literally, if I'm in Jesus, listen to this, I have access to power, of God's power in my life. If I'm in Jesus, okay, I can be over here outside of Jesus, there's the canopy of the Lord over there, so to speak, and then I can go walk into him, and as soon as I'm in him, I have access to the power of that he has for my life. So you say, Steve, well, how do you get into Jesus? What does all this in Jesus mean? Well, if I'm worrying all the time and I'm anxious and I'm selfish and I'm focused on my plans, I'm outside of Jesus. But as soon as I shed all of that and say, I am fed up with worrying. I don't know if you are. If you're tired of being fearful, anxious, panicked, I know I get sick and tired of that. 
then I say, forget it. I'm going to start trusting in the Lord. And I shed all my worries and I come into him and trust him. I'm in Jesus. Guess what? I have the power of God on my side. And it can solve. The power of God is intended to solve all your problems, all your troubles. The power of God is active. It's real and it's very useful. (laughs) It's very applicable to each and every one of us. Look at this about remaining in Jesus so that we can access his power. Uh, the the prophet Isaiah in eleven in chapter eleven verse two said the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of the Lord will rest on who on Jesus will rest. It was a, a prophecy seven years in advance of Jesus's birth. The spirit of the Lord is going to rest on Jesus, the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and listen to this: the spirit of might. That's the spirit of power is going to rest on Jesus. Well, you know what. If you get into Jesus, his spirit rests on you. And the very things that Jesus had for himself, he offers to you. He offers to you. And you say, well, Steve, that's a little bit of a stretch. Where do you find that? Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says the spirit God gave us. That's us. That's the spirit of God that gave us. Uh, it doesn't make us afraid anymore. No, his spirit is a source of power. God wants to give of his spirit to you. If you remain in his son, Jesus, he's going to be a source of power to you. Strength to live your life. Strength to conquer the mental battles and the mental illness that we all, you know what? All of us have at least a little bit of mental illness. Don't think it's just for so-and-so. We all do. The minute you start worrying, you are mentally ill. (laughs) You are already struggling in your mind. Praise God. God's power cures your mental illness. You don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to obsess anymore. Obsessive compulsive disorders. I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about personality disorders. Guess what? Everybody's got some level of personality disorders. We need God's power in our lives to overcome these mental struggles that we have. Okay, so let's let's move on. We're saying, okay, I want that source of strength and power in my life. And Jesus was born so that that would happen. Let's look here in Luke 1. Now, remember last week, we talked about Luke 1, Luke 2. We're going to reread some of the same scriptures, but with a different lens. We're looking at it from a restful lens. Now we're putting on the lens of power. Jesus was born to give us power. And that's why the Bible... Have you ever read the Bible and it means one thing to you one day and then you read it again? It's like, wow, I didn't see that. It has different levels and layers to it. Well, if we put our lens on the Bible from where we're at, we're always going to read it in a new and in a fresh way. That's the the power of the word of God. But Luke 1, with this lens now of power, let's read some verses from Luke 1. The first verse there in, in chapter one says, many have undertaken. This is, by the way, let's just put a little backdrop on this. Luke was a physician. We've come to realize that. We learned these things from the Bible. And he was the author of Luke, as you would expect. He was also the author of the book of Acts. He wrote both of them. And he was writing to a, a, a guy that was Greek. His name was Theophilus. And this all comes from the Bible. And so he was 
writing kind of a historical account about Jesus and all he did and his disciples, his death, his resurrection, and then Acts goes in to explain to Theophilus what happened after Jesus was taken up into heaven and how the early church went and evangelized that the world that they were in at that time. So here's Luke speaking to Theophilus, or writing to him actually, and he says to Theophilus, he says, many have undertaken to drop an account of the things that have been fulfilled among, among us. And then he launches right into the birth of First John the Baptist, and then Jesus, as we read last week. So let's just take this, we're, we're talking about power here, let's just take this sentence here that says, these things that have been fulfilled among us. Fulfilled by who? Fulfilled by God. How? Fulfilled by the power of God. Remember Elizabeth last week? She couldn't have children. She was old. Her husband was old. And yet by the power of God, she was able to conceive a son who became John the Baptist. This was fulfilled. Now, it's one thing for, you to, for, for me to tell my kids, hey, you know what? Next weekend, we're going to go do thus and so. Anybody can say that. We're going to go do thus and so. But when I, as the, as the father of my family, go make it happen, that's power. That's, that's some level of authority. And here it says that God made it happen. It had been prophesied about. He had said it was going to happen. And then he had the power to make it happen. God has the power to fulfill his promises for you. He has the power. It's not empty promises. It's not baloney. All right. All year long, God was promising me and my family certain things. And guess what? They're being fulfilled. They're coming to pass. They're happening all because of the power of God. All right. In fact, in Luke 24, 19, uh, yeah, 24, 19, it said of Jesus that he was powerful in word and in deed. A lot of people carry a lot of weight with their voice and how they present themselves but you know, the real people, the real powerful people are the ones that make things happen. And God is that way. He's powerful in word and in deed. But if you go back to this first verse in Luke, it says they were fulfilled among us. They were fulfilled among us. Now, it's one thing to be an outsider and you're standing off in here and you're observing the power of God. You know what's better than that is to be in the, the thick of it, in the middle of it, among us. God doing powerful things, and I'm in the middle of what's going on. And that's why I encourage you guys, come to church as you are. I'm speaking to the choir. Come to church and be in the middle of what God's doing. So many of you stayed after our, our outreach last week. You were in the middle of what was going on. Guess what? I'm super excited about this. We're going to have another day with dad in the uh, state prison in April. I haven't set, we haven't found a date quite yet. Guess what? There's going to be some of us that are going to be in the middle of what God is doing. So test yourself. Ask yourself, it, do I want to see the, the power of God from afar or do I want to be in the middle of what God is doing? All right, so we skip on down to verse 13 of Luke 1. I'm not going to go through the whole story again. We did that last Sunday. But the angel says to Zechariah, he says, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. See, there's that promise. Now let's see if it happens. Um, and you will call him jo uh, John. I almost said joy. <laughs> uh, verse 14, he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. 
For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Man, I wish I would have been filled with the Holy Spirit before I was born. Um, that would have been really a, a powerful thing, but that's the point that I want to make is the Holy Spirit of God is the source of the power of God here on earth, here in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the source of God's power in our lives. And here at the beginning of 2023, looking forward, we're going to spend a month or so studying the Holy Spirit. We need to know who the Holy Spirit is, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and the proximity of the Holy Spirit, the closeness of of the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us. But remember this, I'm going to say three things here. First of all, the power of God comes via the Holy Spirit in our lives. But in verse 16, it it reads on, he says, the angel says, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. Immediately, the power of God is paired up, is synced up with the purpose of God. You say, Steve, I never see the power of God in my life. You can talk about the power of God until you're blue in the face. I haven't seen the power of God at all. You know why? I can already tell you why. Because you're following your purpose instead of God's purpose. When you say, forget my purpose. I'm sick of my own agenda. I'm sick of my plans. My plans never work out anyways. I'm going to pursue the purpose of God. You start doing that, you're going to see the power of God showing up left and right all the time because you have said, I'm putting God's purpose first in my life. Therefore, God's power is going to enable me to accomplish the purpose of God. I challenge you to think about that. Whose purpose are you following? Whose agenda are you following? Your own or are you following Jesus's agenda? When you start getting in line with God, his, perp- his power is going to show up in your life over and over and over again. That's Item number two, let's read verse 17 for the third point that we want to make here. And this is, uh, the angel continues, he says, He, this is John the Baptist, will go forth, excuse me, go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children. It's interesting. In fact, I would say that's an impossibility. Once a parent's heart is turned away from their child, it's very hard to turn that parent's heart back towards their child. All right, here's another impossibility. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. You know what? Once somebody is rebellious and stiff-necked enough to just go their own way, turning that person around is impossible. It can't be done. An addict cannot be turned around by themselves. All right? Uh, a, A person who is obsessed with greed and getting more for themselves and materialistic, you can't turn that person around. They can't be turned around. It is impossible. And so the angel says, hey, when the spirit and power comes on you, these impossibilities are going to become possible again. God is going to use his power to overcome your impossibilities in your life and make them a reality. Turn bad into good. Turn evil into good. Turn uh, rebellion into uh, a pliable person who says, okay, God, I will do it the way that you want me to do. I used to be a very rebellious person, and God's power turned my life around. He did the impossible. So God's power does impossible 
things. That's the point of his power. If everything were possible for you, you wouldn't need God's power. But the fact of the matter is we have impossibilities in our life that require the power of God sourced by his Holy Spirit. Look at this in Luke 18, 27, Jesus replies and he says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What, what, and, and this word impossible in the Greek, by the way, which the New Testament was written in Greek, and that's why we refer to, to the Greek translations, is what is, has no power, in other words, you have no power to change, with God, he has the power to change. So why don't we stop looking at ourselves and our deficiencies and say, I can't do it. I can't get that job. I can't, I can't uh, seem to have a child, or I can't get my marriage back on track, or I can't get happy again. What is impossible with us is possible with God through his power. All right. So let's look on here. You know what the average person can't do. God's power can accomplish. And so what do we get from this? Let's stop trying to make things happen ourselves. Let's stop being a control freak. Let's let's stop trying to manipulate and coerce people and do things to get things in line with what we want. And let's start trusting God to do the work for us. Let's start trusting God, God's power to get the job done. Well, at the end of this conversation between Zechariah and the angel in verse 20, uh, Zechariah doesn't believe the angel, as we read last week. And uh, the angel says, you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. What does it mean to believe? What's another word for believing? Faith, right? You have to have faith in God. And the more faith you have in God, the more power of God you're going to have on your side and available to you. Have faith in God. In Matthew seventeen twenty. Jesus says, truly I tell you, if you have faith, not just any faith, faith in God, but if you have faith as small as a little mustard seed. Now, mustard seed is almost like a speck of dirt. It's tiny, tiny little mustard seed. If you have that much faith, you can say to this mountain, this attitude, this habit, this addiction, you can speak even to your situation And you can say, move from here to there. In other words, get out of my way, obstacle, impossibility, and it will move. Why? Because you have faith in God who has all the power in the universe. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now that's good news. My impossibilities through God's power, will move because of my faith in God, because of your faith in God. You and I, we need to exercise our faith in God and stop saying, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. It didn't happen for my aunt, my uncle, my parents. Look, so-and-so failed. Stop looking at everybody else and start looking up to God because it can happen and it will happen for you if you will have faith in God. So stop believing all the negative gibberish and noise that's going on in your head. God wants to fix your situation. So chin up and start believing God. Praise God. If you have faith in God, you will never lack God's power in your life. Ever, ever, never, ever. Praise the Lord. In fact, in Ephesians 1.19, it tells us, the Bible tells us 
that his incomparably great power is for the people who believe. So if you even don't and don't feel like you have to have to be this mighty woman, mighty man of faith, you just need a little bit of faith in God, a growing faith in God that's starting somewhere. All right. Don't look to where you're going to be 10 years from now. Say, what step do I need to take today to start the journey towards being a man or woman of faith in God? Praise the Lord. Well, in verse 24, um, look, very shortly thereafter, Elizabeth became pregnant. Grandma Elizabeth, all right? Old Elizabeth, she received the promise of God. And see, the power of God is not empty promises. It will make happen what God has promised, he said, is going to make happen. God's power will make his promises come true. Now, look at this. Um, I've been to Disneyland a couple of times. I've watched my fair share of Disney movies, cartoons, and basically Disney tells you this. Here's Disney's promise to you, all right? If you wish upon a star, your dreams will come true. <laughs> How's that for good doctrine, all right? How many people have wished, but little kids, they heard that, and they wished upon a star, and nothing happened for them. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, all right? But if you put your hope in God, God's plans and his promises for your life will come true. They will come true, but you have to put your hope in God. Stop trying to make things happen in other, you know, it's crazy. Whenever people come to church, this cracks me up. And some of you probably have done it. (laughs) I'm walking out and I'm going to say bye to you out there. And you say, I wish so-and-so would have been here. That, what you said today was for them. No, it wasn't. It was for you. (laughs) All right? Stop trying to take the message and apply it to other people's lives. You need to take the message and apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. It's for you. You need to hear it. I need to hear it. By the way, whenever I'm talking, I'm listening to myself. And I'm almost... 50, 60% of the time after I've spoken on Sunday morning, the next week I'm tested in exactly what I've talked about. And I'm like, oops, Steve, you said it. (laughs) You know, you need to apply what we talk about here on Sunday. And that's why Wednesday nights is so important. I'll make a plug for Wednesday nights because we take what we talk about and we apply it to our lives. Super important. Why, and I'm getting way off on a rabbit trail here, but why... Why would we just be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word? We need to be doers of the word, exercising, putting it into practice, applying it to our lives. So the angel then goes to Mary. All right. He's appeared to Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin, by the way. And then he, uh, the angel appears to Mary. He says, greetings, you who are highly favored. And we talked about that last week. And then the angel makes a statement, the Lord is with you. And I have these memories that are burned into my brain of this last year of waking up just terrified in the morning, like, God, what's going to happen to us? Because of our financial situation, job situation, laying there and a whisper from the Holy Spirit saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got that encouraging word more times than I can count throughout 2022. I'm with you. 
I'm with you. And I would tell myself, you know what? If God's with me, I, that's really all I need. Because if God's with me, everything is going to turn out all right. A-OK. God is with me. And after that whisper, then I just remind myself throughout the day, no, God is with me. Thoughts, you can go away. Freakouts and worries and concerns, go away because my God is with me. Now, what part of God is with me? What part of God is with me? Well, the part of God that's with you and with me is the Holy Spirit of God. See, Jesus was taken up into heaven. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you. He's praying for you. He's thinking about you. He cares for you. But he has sent his Holy Spirit to be with you everywhere you go. You can be driving. The Holy Spirit is with you. You can be sleeping. The Holy Spirit is with you. Um, I could give you all kinds of stories, but I won't go down. We don't have enough time. But God's Spirit is with you. And if God's Spirit is with you, His power is with you. His power to fix your problems is with you everywhere you go. What do you need to do? You need to acknowledge He's with you. You've got to think, hey, God is with me. Well, that sparks faith, and faith sparks the power of God in your life. Not an empty power, a true, real power. So how do we get more and more of God's power to help us in our problems and get this inner strength that I've been talking to you about? God's closeness. God's closeness. Go take a walk with God. Go take a drive with God. Go, as you sleep, be conscious of His presence. Practice the presence of God, as the title of one book puts it. Practice the presence of God everywhere you go because as you become more and more aware of his presence you'll be aware of his power to help you with every single problem I had five ten you know problems this week as we all do challenges things you got and I would just stop because I've learned right I've come through this year I stop and say God how do you want to fix this How do you want to do this, Lord? You show me. And I'm telling you, boom, boom, boom. God's showing me how to overcome this little challenge, how to overcome that challenge, how to figure this thing out, how to figure that thing out. The Spirit of God is very real, and He cares about you and your challenges. So be aware of His closeness. Be aware of His immediate presence. And spend time in the presence of the Spirit of God. Spend time with Jesus. Man, God is with you. The Spirit of Jesus Himself is with you. If you will just give Him the time of day. So uh, let's read on in Luke. uh, Actually, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Let me back up. Here's an example of what I was trying to tell you in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. This is in in your weekly reading. You'll like this. Jesus and his disciples were on their way. They were walking from one town to another when they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. All right. Can you imagine you opening? Jesus is like a physical person. He's in your vicinity and you say, anytime you're in El Paso, come stay at my house. Okay. I don't want you to stay at anybody's house. I'll, I will put you up. I'll put you, I'll you can stay in my bedroom. I'll go sleep on the floor, Jesus. You come to my... That, that was what had happened. He, she said, anytime you come to this area, please stay in my house. We should obviously have that same attitude. 
Well, she has a sister named Mary, a different Mary from the mother of Jesus, okay? Sister of Mary, look at, look at this. The sister, her sister sits at the Lord's feet listening to what he has to say. So Jesus comes into probably what was the living room, sits down. Mary loses track of everything and goes, sits right at Jesus' feet. I would have done the same thing. I mean, Jesus is in the house. <laughs> his wisdom, his power, his love, everything's there. She goes and she sits at his feet and it says that she listens to him. We need to do the same thing. We need to be listening for the voice of God in our hearts and our souls. But Martha, her older sister, is distracted by all these preparations. She's trying to make the house clean up, look nice, get the meal prepared. And she gets so frustrated with her dumb little sister who's just sitting there that she comes and she says to the Lord, she says, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself? Come on, tell her to get up and help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus says in a very calm voice, I'm sure. He says, you're so worried and stressed out and out of your mind about so many little things. He said, but only a few things are needed. And I'm sure if Martha remembered this moment, which I'm sure she did, she must have remembered few things are needed. And then Jesus goes on and says, indeed, only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better. What was that one thing that's needed that Jesus was talking about? Because that opens the, 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 our, our, our minds to what we need to be doing today. And that one thing is to stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit, listening to him, absorbing, taking everything in that he has to say, and then going and practicing what he, what he tells us, being obedient in what he tells us to do. Get in the presence of God and you will have the power of God for his purposes in your life. Well, later, interestingly enough, Jesus goes, uh, Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, Lazarus had died, and the power of God, because these two ladies stayed in the presence of Jesus, Jesus raised their brother to life. The power of God raised Lazarus from the dead after four days of being dead. Wow. Let me tell you what. You decide to stay in the presence of Jesus. Stop thinking your thoughts to yourself and think your thoughts to God. You stay in the presence of God. You're going to have the power of God on your side to help you with all your problems. Well, that's a couple of final thoughts here. Uh, Mary, going back to the story of Mary and the angel. Mary asked the angel, how will this be? Now, it wasn't a doubtful question. It was a curious question. All right. She said, since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. Here we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the power of God. He says, the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. So the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable, powerless, to conceive is now in her sixth month. One of these days, think about your impossibility right now. Might be a health issue, might be a relationship issue, a financial issue, a mental battle. One of these days, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to look back and you say, God did it. God fixed my marriage. God healed my body. God made my plans come to life and, and happen. He gave me the dreams, the things that I could only dream would happen. He did. One of these days, you're going to look back and God will have done it. 
God will have taken care of your problem. He will take care of your impossibility. Why? Because of God's great power. In verse 37, it says, For no word from God will ever fail. Let me tell you what, if God's promised you something, he is going to do it. You need to have faith in God. Believe God. Believe God. Deeply believe in God. And so Mary says, I'm a servant of the Lord. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, final thoughts. Luke 2, verse 4. The, the, uh, Joseph and Mary have gone to Bethlehem, all right? And he's there to register. Joseph is there to register Mary as his, his wife-to-be. She's already expecting. She's about to have the child. And while they're there, the time for the baby to be born comes to pass. She gives birth to her firstborn, apparently just outside. No hospital, um, no help, no nothing. It's cold, I'm sure. Uh, it's miserable. It's, it's embarrassing, all right? It's probably, she felt a little shamed. She wasn't married. People were probably gossiping about her and Joseph. They probably had an affair, and that's why she's having a baby. All kinds of bad vibes going on here, bad stuff. And yet, what does she do? She wraps the baby in rags and places him in a dirty manger. <laughs> There's no guest room, nothing for her. Guess what? God's power shows up in the worst situations, in the most embarrassing situations. In shameful situations, in, in situations where you want to distance yourself, guess, God, guess what? God goes running to the worst situations and his power shows up in those situations. Now, God's power is not here to make our lives perfect and easy. In fact, I learned that probably about two years ago. God showed me, he said, Steve, your faith doesn't, is not going to make your life perfect. <laughs> It's not going to make everything smooth and rosy and cool and wonderful. You're still going to have problems. You're going to have trouble. But you know what? My power is there to help you along the way. Along the way. Don't think your faith and God's power is going to take you to heaven on earth because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you're always going to have problems. That's, that's good, though, because you're always going to have God helping you with your problems. And so the shepherds were out there in the fields nearby watching their flocks at night. The angel appears. The angel of the Lord appears to them. The glory of the Lord shines around or shines or was shown around them. They were terrified. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. We went through all of this last, last week. That's why I'm flying through this. He says, look for this baby. This will be a sign to you. The baby will be wrapped in rags and lying in a manger. Suddenly, suddenly there's a host of, of angels. Another host is a ton. Host is lots and lots of angels. Light up the night sky and they start praising God. And they say, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And what we find is right after these scriptures, these shepherds, are so excited that they run down into the village. They start knocking on doors, probably trying to find the baby. And I find three things about these shepherds and why God showed his power to these three shepherds. And we want to embrace these same three things. Here it is. God's power shows up to the humble. Shepherds were the lowest of the low. They were homeless, stinky, doing things nobody else wanted to do, watching sheep always outside, 
and probably didn't have a whole lot of friends except for the, they were friends with each other. They were humble. They were at the low rung of society. The second thing is we find about these shepherds, these shepherds were hungry, man. When they found out about Jesus, they were hungry for the Messiah, the chosen one. So hungry that they went looking for him. Are you so hungry for God that you're seeking him with all of your heart? You're hungry. You're thirsty. You need more of God. If you are that kind of person, you're going to have the power of God in your life. You're thirsty for him. You get up, you read your Bible because you want to know more about him. As you're driving your car, you're praying to him. You're talking to him. You're trying to listen to him. You're hungry for God. The third thing that we see about these shepherds is they were weak. There's nothing strong about these shepherds. And I'll tell you what, when you're at your weakest, that's when God's power is at its strongest. At its strongest. Look at these three verses just real quick. James 4, 6. God shows favor to the humble. Remember, hum, humble, hungry, and weak. He shows his his favor, his grace to the humble. In Matthew 5, 6, it's, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You know, you get your fill of materialism, you get your fill of money, you get your fill of fame, of power, of, of talent. It doesn't fill you up and you start saying, there must be more. There's got to be more. I got to know who God is. Don't wait until you're 40, 50, 60, 70 to get to this place. Do it now. Get hungry for God now. There's not a lot of time to waste here. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, for that third item, Paul says, the Apostle Paul who wrote 2 Corinthians says, for God's power is made perfect in weakness. Are you weak right now? You know, is there something you're not capable of doing? You're looking you know, to get this done or your relationship fixed or sickness or finances. Do you have a weakness in your life? I imagine every single person, all every, everybody here and anybody that listens to this, you have a weakness somewhere. That's where God's power wants to show up in your life is the places where you can't do anything. So Jesus was born to give you power. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, I'm going, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. So Jesus is just about to be taken up to heaven. He's already died. He's already resurrected. He's already shown himself to his disciples. And he tells his disciples, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. That's the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Jesus was born to give you power. Stop trying to walk in your own strength and energy and and ingenuity and smarts start walking in the wisdom, the power, the gifts of God, and you'll walk in a whole different way. You'll live in a different way. Now, last thought, I promise. What's the opposite of being strong and powerful? Here's some synonyms that I looked up and thought. Uh, weak, tired, feeble, sickly, fragile, shaky. <laughs> Those are all the opposite of power, all right? So, with those, those thoughts in mind, look at Isaiah 40, 28, verses 30, uh, 28 through 31. And here Isaiah says, Do you not know and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator from the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? God never gets tired. 
We might be tired. We might be powerless. We may not have any answers, but God doesn't get tired. He has all the answers. He has all the power. He has the ability to execute his power. All right? He is, his understanding is unsearchable. Now look at this. He gives strength to the weary. You're tired? Guess what? God's got some energy, some strength for you that he wants to give you. And to the one who lacks might, in other words, strength and power, he increases their power. Though youths grow weary and tired and the vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord, those who get into God's presence, get close to him, they will gain new strength. I find every morning, man, when I get up and I say, okay, I got to get this done. I got to do this X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do this. I get tired by the middle of the day. But when I get up and I say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to read a little bit from the word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to get into God's presence. I have strength that takes me all the way through the day and even into the evening sometimes. All right. You wait on the Lord. He's going to give you new strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. God has power for you. He has power for you. Have faith in God. Get into God's presence. And you're going to have energy and strength that you never, ever experienced before. The power of God, not only to carry you through the day, but to fix your problems. Thank you.